Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, founder and CEO of Mass Solutions, the world's only no bullshit marketing firm. Today I'm excited to have a guest who has a remarkable story that you're going to love to hear, a successful story about growing a business, fighting through all kinds of adversity, and living his dream with his brother. It's Anthony Veneri, the CEO of Fit. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We've talked a little bit, and of course I researched you, and I've been a part of the company, and then I've gone to the website a number of times over the years. I get a couple of the newsletters. But let's start off the way that I start all the, the shows with the guests, is I just basically say, tell me about your career path, your journey. So talk about what your first job was, how you started out, and I'll interject and interrupt when I think there's something that the audience would love to hear more about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I guess it's kind of a different career path. I... Uh I was not a good student in, in school. Um, I, you know, 2.0, barely graduated, was not. My brother, my older brother, was also my business partner, 4.0 student, all-star, so no one, none of my, no one in my family liked that I was not following in his footsteps, but I graduated high school, and when I did, I enlisted in the Marines. So my goal was to join the Marines. I actually wanted to go through the platoon leadership courses where you go and become a Marine, and then you become an officer. And I actually left for boot camp, and while I was away, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. So kind of turned my career of 20 years in the Marines upside down. And in between that, um, you know, I played football in high school, and I was always into fitness and actually became a sort of a personal trainer. And in the Marines, I got experience training other Marines through fitness. Um, so during that time of, you know, trying to come home and take care of my dad and spend time with family, when I did get out of the Marines, um, the first thing I did was uh, open a gym. I really didn't know. I actually started training people in parks to try to get enough money to open a gym. And I found a 12,000 square foot indoor skate park in Moon Township. It was called B-Cubed. Uh, and it was run down, closed up for years. And I um, went to the owner and I said, I want to make this a gym. And I was 20, 21. And he said, yeah, if you can tear down the, the skate park and clean up the space, you can have it for whatever you want. I was like $1,000 a month. And he gave me a time frame, which was completely undoable. But my, me and my brother and my buddies all tore down the skate park. And in the end, we had a handshake deal. If I did it in time, I could have the space. So I, with no money, I had a 12,000 square foot warehouse CrossFit gym space that was my first job, technically. Let me stop you. So I want to, there's already, already, as I told you folks, the and loyal no BSers, it's going to be a great show. You're in the Marines, tragedy strikes, you... Uh, come home, try to come home as much as you can. So you shortened your stint. How long were you actually in the Marines? I actually ended up going to the reserves. So I got put okay. into the reserves from okay. being in the Marines. And I, um, you know, spent time here, went in different trainings and everything like that. But my technical term was still three and a half, four years, but it was mostly on the reserves. And you, while there, you started training other Marines. Talk a little bit about that, because it sounds like that might have helped you to get a an edge on how to be this type of fitness person, trainer, open a gym, everything like that. Yeah, I was lucky that the the people that train you before you go to boot camp, they're your recruiters. Mine was a crazy, super in shape guy, and he inspired me. So in high school, I was a lineman. I was probably 260, 270. Um, and I went in the Marines at about 160, 170. And I was, it was not that long after. Wow. And he 
got me in really good shape and I knew football and training and fitness. And actually he recommended, he's like, you should go become a personal trainer while like during this transition. And when I went to the Marines, I was in really good shape and they're like, Oh, you're in good shape here. Do this. And I got the experience of like learning a bunch of different stuff and, you know, being the, the, what they call like a guide at boot camp and somebody that, you know, they give a little bit more responsibility to and then throughout different things. I went to, uh, different trainings and in different bases and things like that, where they were like, Oh, you're in good shape here. Do this. And before you knew it, I was in charge of workouts and trainings and they spent a little bit more time on me. And that's where I got to learn the basis of what I believe in fitness, which is like move more body weight, be very just basic physical fitness. And that translated to our gyms. Our gyms were, it was a big open space where we got turf from a gym that was closing put it into our space for next to nothing. And, and we had a, a turf floor in a gym that when you look at what it is or what it was anyways, um, especially at the time frame like 2012, it was unbelievable. We didn't know what we had at the time. My only business like, ever was closing that gym. Well, when you tell that story, I want to delve into it a little deeper. So this owner of this facility basically kinds of, kind of wants to get free work from you because he yeah. sets an unrealistic deadline. What was his deadline? If you can do it in a month or six weeks or something like, like that? a week and a half, two weeks. So he basically tells you, if you can tear that apart in two weeks, I'll give it to you for whatever price you want. Yeah. And I'm assuming that if you didn't get it completely done in two weeks, he would just said, see ya. Absolutely. Okay. So this guy's probably, that's a little bit shady. He's in jail right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> For tax so, evasion. So how in the heck did you and like two, three, five other guys do that? Just walk me through that. It sounds like an intense week and a half. Yeah. We actually have pictures. It's kind of cool to see like half the ramps down, half the stuff down. But um, just my, my one brother, Joe, who's my older brother, and then my oldest brother, Mike, um, he, they both helped me and my friends and family and people we knew. And then we actually found a, a company that was like trying to open a skate park somewhere in PA and they came in and took like half the ramps and, and wanted all that. So we got someone to take the ramps out, the big ones. And then we just demoed and cleaned and painted and, you know, did our best to just tear this place apart. And then when you look like before and after it's insane. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm talking like 12,000 square feet, one big open warehouse, looks like an airport hangar. And it was just massive and long it was a it was the airport ice arena it was above ice rinks um and yeah it was insane to think that we did it we really didn't think about it and then before you know it um and i was training people in parks and different places and you know building so a talk brand. me through that because when i think of the marines uh i i have a biased view just from pop culture so you hear about the marines being the tough uh basic training and how they do that you're saying that in the marines you actually learned some unique training that probably wasn't just being done in gyms across the country it was getting done but it was a, just a different perspective it was like you know they had kettlebells and body weight and they were like combat conditioning and i got to do a bunch of different things and i was unique that they let let me do certain things and seeing that and then getting trained by this guy before i went and then after and just fitness was always a passion so being into that and, and seeing you know there's a guy his name's actually rob shaw he's like very famous is he has a thing called a military athlete and mountain athlete and following his program because the people in the Marines recommended that. And before you know it, I felt like I had a really good base of a certain type of fitness and then CrossFit was getting big then. And it was kind of CrossFit as, yeah. but without the barbells. So now you take this and you don't have any business experience. You and your brothers and friends tear up this gym. You now have a great price of a thousand dollars a month, but what you, you, you said you got rid of all that stuff. You get, you creatively found a skate park that wanted, then you got some AstroTurf. Is this when you got the field yeah, turf? There was so now a, what, tell me wh how you afforded beyond the field turf. What else did you buy to get the gym open? Yeah, we made the sandbags out of duffel bags from the Marines and filled them with like wood pellets. Um, we found, 
uh, I found a company that would manufacture kettlebells overseas in China and ordered them. It took a while to get here, but we got crazy kettlebells, which led to the secondary part of the fitness business, which was um, we had our own programming, our own kettlebells, everything else, because we learned how to order equipment, how to make programming. We got our, our programming. It was at Hybrid Athlete, we were in kettlebell cardio was the name of the, the classes and workouts. And that was the basis for our, our business going forward. And we had our own programming that got accredited by different you know, companies in fitness. And, and we found really cheap. I mean, we spent $5,000 outfitting a gym that generated $50,000, $60,000 a month in revenue. Um, and over time, we obviously added newer things. But and then outside of the equipment, we just went online. Uh, it was like early Facebook stuff and marketing that I just had a knack for, I guess. And my brother, who was obviously the co-founder and kind of head of content at Fit Now, um, he was just naturally good at writing. And then I was super aggressive and crazy. I went door to door, had the cops called on me a bunch from just like handing out pamphlets and going to parks and just trying to meet people and say, hey, anybody that wants to work out, here's where we are. And before you know it, it was it was a pretty big business. Now, how how did you do the membership there and everything? What were the fees like? How did you mm-hmm. how did you decide on that stuff since you're relatively new to this profession? Luckily, that people were doing it in CrossFit and other places, you could figure it out. And we wanted to be better and cheaper, so it was you know seventy five bucks a month, yeah. unlimited classes, just big turf space. We could fit sixty people a class. No other gym could do that. Yeah, um, and we really didn't have any. It's funny, Mind Body is an investor in my current company, Fit, and I was using Mind Body back then, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, um, at our first gym. So it was, you know, really just making it up and looking up online and trying to figure out what people are doing. You end up having these, this gym, and then you said you get to purchase more, open more. Yeah. Were we, they all under the same brand, or did you have different names? Yeah, it was the under the Kettlebell Cardio Program. Okay. So we made, an, a, like, you know, if you want to be a trainer, you go get a certified personal trainer, or you get certified in CrossFit. And we had a really cool program, which I still want to revive this business because it still makes sense today with how big Orange Theory and other things are. But we took a kettlebell and reinvented. Kettlebells were used in the Russian style, which is very hardcore. Um, it was called hardcore Russian kettlebell training, essentially. And it's the way you use, this, use the kettlebell. It takes a lot of technique and training and preparation. And we found u- really cool, unique ways to use it that were very simple. And we made the name in the program kettlebell cardio and then we started opening up those gyms where you would pay us a licensing fee and we would help you open the gym and set up almost like a a mini version of an affiliate so we own some of them we license some of them and we just started opening them up in other gyms and in other places and um you know small areas in different like uh midwest pa northern pa philadelphia wherever we would license set up open um do what we can and we were growing so fast and we were certifying people on the weekends and bringing a ton of revenue but we didn't know how to run a business we didn't know how to manage taxes we didn't know how to have legal we didn't know how to have anything we were just making it up and it just got to a point where we were burnt out we never really at during that time also my dad passed away so my dad passed away and we just didn't know how to run a business and the burden of not really dealing with our dad passing away uh, and, you know, being young and having to take care of ourselves and my mom and everything else because we were, you know, close to my family. Um, we just kind of gave up. We sold off what we could, had someone over, took over the gym and the lease. Someone did this. We handed over everything, sold all the equipment that we could and just kind of really shut down very abruptly. Um, and that's what led to us creating the the next companies, which was a lot of online content and marketing and fitness. My brother is a writer for like Shape Magazine, Men's Health, other places, and me working on different projects with him and 
you know, trying to figure out like online programming. There's a, the site hybrid athlete actually still exists today and it sells programming like fitness workouts and programs. And it still generates, you know, pretty good passive income. And we went all online and then started doing stuff locally. And that's what kind of started the made in PGH company and, and Fitzburg was originally fit was called. It was just us. We were sick of traveling and doing what we did, and we wanted to go online. So we were doing all of the online fitness marketing. And so, tell me about Made in PGH. Yeah, so we created a local brand called Made in PGH, um, and it was, you know, we live in Pittsburgh, where a lot of our friends moved away, but Pittsburgh was becoming cool. This was probably 2016, 17. Uh, Pittsburgh's becoming cool. Um, it's really fun. We want to tell the story of restaurants and nightlife and all this stuff. And it was right around the time that like next Pittsburgh, I guess, started and other things like that. But we were just good at marketing and site building and, you know, yeah, customer acquisition. So before you know, we had a few hundred thousand people reading the platform, visiting on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and, uh, newsletters and just content was great. And, uh, signed some really cool ad deals and uh, the Post-Gazette partnered with us and then they ended up buying the, the, the brand, the company. So we sold that to the Post-Gazette and that's what really funded Fit. We transferred Fitzburg to Fit because Fitzburg was the the catch-all. Like we, we did the, created the Yoga in the Square event that still mm-hmm. goes on today. Like mm-hmm. we were the first people to do that with Lululemon. We were doing that. We were delivering like CSA boxes to companies. We were just scrambling. We were hustling. We were doing online stuff, that, hybrid athlete online, consulting, you know, anything we could as like a lifestyle business to make money. And then that's when we realized we actually, it was so funny, we found out about startups, you know, as I use the, the quotations, where you can come up with an idea and someone will give you money to make more money and test your idea. And we're like, this is nonsense. <laughs> I love it. And because, you know, we didn't come from a family that, knew that we didn't have alumni networks or anything we just were like oh read a actually it was gary vaynerchuk if you know that is yeah gary v i actually got to meet him afterwards it was kind of like a thing a goal of mine it was kind of cool but um yeah we i read his crusher book and i was like this is absolutely absurd it's like i'm good at talking to people i'm good at telling stuff i was like we got to make a startup and we saw Fitzburg and and at the time eater is big in new york and other places Mm -hmm. thrillist is really big media brand owned by group nine uh, there's something called the infatuation, which is like a really big restaurant guide writing thing. And we said, there's all these brands, Yelp, no wait. There's all these brands that are like, where to find a restaurant, where to get to a restaurant, where to do this. That doesn't exist in fitness, even still to this day, which is why we're so you know bullish on fit. And we're like, well, we did it in Pittsburgh as a joke. We called it Fitzburg and it was black and gold and fun. We're like, what if we took this and took it to other cities and we called it fit. And in 2017, we launched fit and it was, you know, discover health and fitness around you. And we went from Pittsburgh to Cleveland to Boston to D.C. and started selling ads and creating really good content and building a network of contributors. And that's when we got Bob Nutting to invest. Thanks for listening to another episode recorded here in our studios in bold, beautiful downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.